even if it fails, I will be very happy either way because I won't have a regretful life. And especially now I'm still, let's say, young. I'm, I'm still in my 20s. It's like, when are you going to do your mistakes? Welcome to the Quit Work Podcast, 15-minute conversations with people who have quit their job and gone their own way. I'm Mark, and today I'm talking to Adrian Spataru, who quit his data science job at a consulting company to go all in on his own AI-driven venture, Clean Voice. Adrian, welcome to the Quit Work Podcast. Hello, Mark. Thank you for having me today. So let's start with that job you quit. So what made you become a data scientist? I think when I was younger, uh, I wanted to become a hacker. And I think hacking became not so interesting as I thought it was, as in movies. But I had some technical skills, which I picked up. And like the next shiny thing for me was then AI. So it was specifically in AI that you were working in that job? In the beginning, I was doing more data, like classical data science, which means you receive data from various places. You try to clean that data and then find some insights. But later on, um, as I picked up more responsibilities and grew in my organization, I did more AI stuff, slightly also some management. I know that you enjoyed the projects you worked on at that company and the people that you worked with, but you felt that you didn't have the opportunities for growth that you'd have liked. So why was that? When I left, I was a senior data scientist. And if you want to go any a level above, it's like either you do extreme politics within the companies when there's, you know, a new opportunity to go upwards in the organization. Even that, that was not enticing for me since I didn't want to go pure management. I still wanted to do uh, some hands-on stuff. Another opportunity would be basically to do intrapreneurship. So, you know, somehow create a product within the organization. I even tried that, but that, that didn't really work out since, again, bureaucracy and just a hard time explaining management people about entrepreneurship. <laughs> yeah. I could go to another company, but I still don't see any vision having a job in general since there's no way I can escape like this rat race. Like, try to buy any kind of house nowadays. It's like when my parents were young, they were in their mid-twenties. They were working in low-paid jobs back then. And they still managed to buy, you know, a house and an apartment. And like me, super qualified, you know, I could go even to work for big tech. But even with that money, it won't be like uh, such a big difference what my parents have achieved, but with more stress and yeah. way less free time. It's like, okay, if I want to get my value in the market, then... There's no way as an employee I can ever reach that. Even with the golden handcuffs in big tech, it's not the best option. And it's like, well, okay, if I have to work for all my life, then rather I work on what I would like. And I've been striving to do that for the past two years. So it's not something, oh, I felt like I'm going to leave my job today. Ah, you know, today's time to quit. No, it was a, a thing which I was thinking for years. So it's not my company's fault per se, even though yeah. I had some issues there. Because even if I leave another company, it wouldn't solve my main pain point. 
Yeah, you did talk about some drama and you just mentioned the politics at work. Can you say a little bit more about that? I, I don't want to be too bad to my employer because I really like them overall. Yeah. So uh, you're putting me on the spot here, Mark. Um, <laughs> yeah, you don't have to say anything you don't want to. I would definitely recommend people going for work to them. But okay, so in in essence is like, well, if if there are fixed spots for a certain level in the company, yeah. in essence, you're competing with a lot of people who are older in the organizations and uh, relationships matter way more than your skill set in your company, even though you could bring more business in your company. If you're close to the, let's say, to the leadership, then your job is more or less a given. Yeah. Because that's how the top positions were given mainly to people who were friends or related to the CEO or or not necessarily CEO, just the leadership itself. So you say that you'd been working up to this and thinking about this for some time so how did you finally find the courage to go ahead and quit well i managed to reach some revenue with a clean voice which is a side project i'm working on yeah and yeah i felt like okay good it's not it's not bringing enough money so it's not like oh uh i'm uh, making 10 million dollars per month and like i'm living now on the sunny beach no it's more like (laughs) It basically break even in terms of cost of the company and any money it would make now, it will go directly to my pocket, basically. And it's like, okay, I have some money to cover my costs for, let's say, for six months. And if I don't manage to do it within those six months to bring, let's say, income where I can pay my costs and I would do some consulting or anything, you know, related to that on the side to bring more income in order to prolong my runway. So your last day at work was just a few weeks ago. So how did that feel? On the last day, it was very nice. Uh, I had a very good relationship with my boss. Yeah. He also knew about my side project. He knew what was my long-term vision and he supported that. So I got very lucky with my boss. Yeah. And yeah, I invited, you know, all my colleagues. We had some gin tonics. So I had a very relaxing last day of work. But... Yeah, I mean, the first week, it felt like uh, I was checking my phone, like in the morning, oh, notification for work, but I don't (laughs) even have my work phone anymore. I don't have any notifications anymore. Like my brain is, uh, is, and even now it's still stuck. Like, oh, I have to do something for work and then work on my side project. But it's like, no, no, you can work now on your side project brain. It's like, you don't have anything else to do. (laughs) So I'm still struggling a bit with that. So let's talk about your side project, now your main project, Clean Voice. First, I have to say that you have one of the clearest product websites that I've ever seen. It starts with the value proposition, stop wasting hours editing your podcast, which as a podcaster immediately speaks to me. And then it explains very clearly that your AI removes the ums and the errs and the kicks from the audio. It's great. It's fantastic. So how did you get started on this product? Last year, I started a podcast with a friend of mine uh, about AI. So yeah, uh, what I'm fascinated about. Of course. The whole recording took very quick, right? Just like half an hour. Research took, let's say, also one hour to maybe two hours. But the editing took like, I don't know, three hours, I think, for our first episode. Yeah. Because 
me, I'm not a public speaker I, and English is not my main language. So, of course, I won't be so fluid like a native speaker. And my friend also not a native speaker. So you could imagine that we have a lot of filler words. We stutter a lot. We have some awkward pauses. And I've noticed that I was always removing the same things over and over again. And that was like soul crushing because like, oh, this is so much effort. It's like, could I just, you know, could I just automatize this process? And, you know, my engineering side woke up and was like, okay, good. Let's make an AI which would make this automatically. But before even doing that, I tried to use the tools out there. So uh, I think a lot of podcasters have heard about Descript, which mm -hmm. is uh, like a video editing tool. I've heard that's like a tool which you could use to edit like podcasts quickly. The problem is that if you don't have a British accent or have a native American accent, it kind of doesn't work. And especially for my co-host, which has a very strong Ukrainian accent, you cannot really edit that with this script. Yeah. And it just failed. It didn't work. And I was frustrated. It's like, okay, good. Fine, I'll do it myself. And I made yep. an AI which would work on our voices. And uh, yeah, instead of editing three hours, it took me like just 20 minutes. Spectacular. You say, you make it sound so easy. You just say, you know, you made an AI that just reduced the editing time from three hours to 20 minutes. I mean, that's not something that most people could even begin to understand how to do. Okay, yeah, you too. I oversimplified it a bit. Uh, in essence, <laughs> I'm just it was... impressed that you managed to do this. <laughs> I mean, it was effort, of course. The first prototype was horrible, and clean voice editing results were not good at the beginning, but it was still saving me time. And, you know, over time, it, it became better. For me, I had a skill set. I've been doing AI research and this is a skill which I have. And therefore it was, let's say, easier for me to bring something out there. Yeah. But if you ask me, okay, could, if you would start a blog or I know some other skills like, you know, writing, like which I suck at, then for me, that seems impossible. I couldn't yeah. write a blog because I just hated writing as a child in general. So, you know, it's really comes to the person's strengths and weaknesses. And I played on my strengths. How's it going from a business point of view? Because the AI is only one side of the business. How's the marketing and the sales going? I currently, I am uh, around, I think, like $400 or something like that per month. Oh, fantastic. Uh, recurrent revenue. Yeah. So it's not a lot, but it's it's something. I've learned a lot as a, what to do um, from a business perspective, because it's like when you build it, nobody will notice it, of course, and you have to bring it out there. I've been doing a lot in that regard, like SEO, doing the stuff which I hate, and also <laughs> in general, like thinking about long-term growth. Yeah. And also technically here in this podcast, right? Uh, just bringing yeah. out the na name out there. From a business perspective, it's growing every month more and more, and I'm very happy about that. Yeah, that's great. I mean, $400 a month may not sound very much to people who are used to an AI data scientist salary, but even getting off the ground and getting from zero to 400, I think is a lot more difficult than getting from 400 to $4,000 a month. So I think you, you know, in such a short time, you're doing extremely well to be there. What is it about you, do you think, that made you want to work on your own thing when so many other people are content to work for somebody else? 
I don't have a problem working within, like, to working for someone. It's just uh, I don't see, at least in my space, a obvious way to achieve my goals. In essence, my goals, if you want to sum it up, it's like when I'm 40, I would have, I would like to have two children, and I will be working, let's say, part time, because I would uh, want to spend time more with my kids and help them grow them, and not being, you know. 9 to 5 but it's like more like 9 to 9 because you're mentally tired and have no energy for your kids yeah especially when you work in tech and like for me it's like that's very important and therefore I would like to achieve that goal anything which helps me to reach that goal that would be great and I don't see a way for that so I don't see it's like oh you should not work for someone else it's like if it makes sense then sure like not everybody has to become an entrepreneur per se and there are a lot of uh, well-paid jobs out there right yeah and fulfilling jobs so I don't see, you know, someone should necessarily do what I'm doing. Far into the future, you're talking about the future there and your plans to have a family someday. How do you think you'll look back at this time and your decision to quit work and go all in on your side hustle? Even if it fails, I'll be very happy either way because I won't have a regretful life. And especially now I'm still, let's say, young. I'm, I'm still in my 20s. It's like, when are you going to do your mistakes? It's like, uh, you, you, you want to become older and wiser and look in your back of time that you were stupid. And if I, if I don't see myself as stupid back then, then I, I didn't <laughs> try enough stuff because I should be growing and experimenting. And especially during the pandemic, I didn't do almost anything. Like, I mean, I did side projects and everything, but like, I didn't manage to meet with people. I didn't do anything else extra. And I yeah. trying to do something where my life didn't got wasted for those years. Well, listeners, if you'd like to connect with Adrian, you can find him on Twitter at Adrian Spataru. That's S-P-A-T-A-R-U. And there's an underscore between Adrian and Spataru. I'm, I'm sure you'll find him. And if you're a podcaster, then do go check out his product at cleanvoice.ai. Adrian, thanks so much for joining me on the Quit Work Podcast. Thank you for having me, Mark. Thanks for listening to the Quit Work Podcast. I love talking to people who have taken the bold step of quitting their job to start living their true life. Join me for a fresh conversation every week. Subscribe to the podcast or the YouTube channel at quitworkproject.com. And if you have any comments on this episode, or if you'd like to tell your own quit work story, I'd love to hear from you. Contact me at quitworkproject.com or on Twitter or Instagram at quitworkproject. I hope you too find your way to quitting work and living your true life.